Wonderful. Right. Rachel's going to be speaking to you this morning about Rahab. I am. Right, thanks everybody. Morning. Um, so I'm going to be talking on our second summer Sunday. So I've given Sarah and Theo a really complicated tech today. There's slides to move and a video to play and all kinds of things. So um, I'll try and tell them when we're ready for the next thing. But as Ben said, my theme is about Rahab. And I just thought I'd quickly show you a little bit of the family line of Jesus on the next slide. Um, you don't have to be able to read it all. But just a reminder that Last week, Sarah talked about Abraham, who's right at the top, Abraham, the father of Isaac. And then we've had quite a lot of people in the middle because we don't have time to do everybody in the family line. And we're going to be doing the bit in bold at the bottom today, who is Rahab, a lady from the Old Testament, who we're going to be learning a bit about this morning. And on the next slide is a little picture of Rahab and the spies. Because in your Bible, if you go to Joshua chapter 2, where this bit is in the Bible, it's often titled Rahab and the spies, okay? And there's a picture of some spies, now, I was quite excited when I got given this topic because everybody, there is actually a spy in my family tree. In the Jones family tree, there was an actual spy. Um, he's actually not alive anymore, but I'm just going to show you a little bit of my family tree. Now, what you'll notice is that Sarah last week had a really fancy computerized one with everyone's pictures, and I've got one that I drew by hand, and you'll notice that the lines are not even straight. I could have used a room. And I. Um, but anyway, there's me down at the bottom, okay, and my brother, Rachel and Nathan. Okay, then the next line are my parents, Sue and Gareth, who are maybe listening. Hello, if you are. Um, and then on the left-hand side, my grandparents, Hannah and Leslie. And on the right-hand side, that's my dad's parents, who are called Mary and Idwell. That's a good Welsh name, isn't it? Idwell. And one of his sisters, Francis, her son, was called Alan. And he was quite a lot older than me, and we always called him Uncle Alan. And Uncle Alan, I knew he was an older man, he lived in London, he worked for the government, and he went on lots of foreign trips. And that's all we ever knew about him. And then when I was a bit older, I went to visit him, and he was living near Blackpool at that time. And I was telling him that I got into a new TV show. And on the next slide is this. The slide, the TV show that I was really into was called Spooks. And I said, I've got into this TV program. Some of the adults might have seen Spooks. And I said, it's really, really good. And he said, oh, my goodness, it's nothing like it is in real life. And I thought, oh my word, do you know what it's like to be a spy? I just thought he lived in London and worked for the government. But it turned out that he actually did work for the Secret Service. Now he's died, so I'm not telling you any of his secrets that I shouldn't tell you now. But he obviously knew a lot of secrets because when he retired, he had to sign to say that he would never write his memoirs. He would never write his life story because he knew too many secrets that he couldn't put in his story. So that is a little story about Uncle Alan, who was a spy. Now, what I thought we'd do this morning is we would do some spy training, okay? So in order to be a spy, you have to be pretty observant. Spies are quite observant, okay? And I'm going to explain what we're going to do. Then in a minute, children, I'm going to send you back to being a team with your families, okay? So... I wonder if everybody would like to do a bit of spy training this morning. So what I'm going to do is, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to get into some little groups, maybe four or six, something like that. 
If you don't want to do this, that is absolutely fine. No pressure at all. If you want to do it on your own, that's absolutely fine as well. But if you're happy to make a little team of four or six people, okay, then what you're going to do is in your team, you're going to have a piece of paper and a pen. And in a minute, I'm going to put a whole number of items on the screen. I'm going to give you 90 seconds to look at all of those items. Then I'm going to take them off the screen. And you're going to have two minutes to see how many you can remember. Okay? So, first thing to do, children, go back to your families for a minute. Bethan and Josh and Verity are just going to come round and bring the paper and the pens. So if you can wave to them when you've got into a team, and they'll give you some paper and pens. And I'll come back and tell you the next bit in one minute. Okay, wave when you've got a team. There we are, there's a team there, and Verity and the girls will bring them round, and Josh. Okay, looks like we're almost there. Keep waving if you still need paper. And right at the top, Josh, there's a team right up there. Okay, anybody else? Last chance. Wave if you still need some paper. Right, okay. So, there are 20 items. Now, there should be no cheating in spy training, everybody. No one is to take a picture of the screen or write anything down in the 90 seconds. Some people are making a noise like they'd thought about that. Okay, so Sarah and Theo, when you're ready, can we see the 20 items? And Ben is going to time on 90 seconds. Go. We're all so quiet. It's a guest appearance from someone in the room, you can see. Having a theme might help. <laughs> 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 
Okay, write them down. Two minutes, off you go. Yes, it was. It was. Okay, you've had half of your time. Okay, 20 seconds. Okay, and your time is up. So I'm going to call out the answers. I'll do them nice and slow so you can mark them as you go. Let's see if anybody got four marks. So here we go. There was a daffodil. There were some tangerine segments, orange or anything similar will do. Um, a walking boot, a spray bottle. There were some books, some courgettes because I'm trying to grow some. I have too many courgettes at the moment. Um, music notes. A paper clip, there was a picture of Central Hall, there were some Welsh cakes, you can see there's a bit of a theme, there's an iron, there was Phil Orchard, there was a Sony Walkman, I wondered if some of the children might not know what that was, with the little headphones, who could... well done Jonathan, oh Jonathan knew that from a TV program, okay, there was some money, there was a calculator, because maths is life, there was a duck, some Lego bricks, some leeks, there was a ticket, and there was a Welsh flag. Okay, so, hands up for full marks. Wow, two teams over there, and oh, three teams, one at the back, one at the top, very good. Now, that was, oh, no, one, one there, very good. Now, that was only stage one, everybody. Okay, oh, can we hide the pictures again? Okay, because stage two, is going to be something different. Now, if you can turn your piece of paper over, okay, a really good spy would not just know the names of the items, they would be able to tell me some things about them. So I'm going to ask you eight questions, okay, just one to eight, based on your pictures to see if you can do round two of spy training as well. Here we go. Question one, how many Welsh cakes were there? 
You can guess if you don't know. Number two, what color was Phil's shirt? Number three, what currency were the banknotes? What currency were the banknotes? Number four, what is the duck wearing on its feet? You need to be very precise, I want two words. What was the duck wearing on its feet? I need a color as well. Number five, what make was the calculator? You can probably guess if you've ever done GCSE maths. Yeah. Okay, we're getting a bit harder. Number six, how many books were there and what color were their covers? How many books were there? What color were their covers? Okay, number seven. There were four tangerine segments. How were they arranged? Draw a picture. <laughs> Just a sketch is fine. You don't have to color it in. <laughs> well done, everyone's having a really good go. And the very last one. What is the reference number on the ticket? What was the reference number on the ticket? Anybody? Okay, right, let's go then. Um, how many Welsh cakes were there? There were five. What color was Phil's shirt? It was blue. Denim, maybe. Um, what currency were the banknotes? They were dollars. What was the duck wearing? Can anyone shout out? Yellow wellies, good. And how many books? Oh, hang on, calculator next. The calculator was a Casio. There were three books. Their colors were yellow, red, and I think I'll allow black or dark blue. It was hard to see. And Serenity of the next slide is a picture of the tangerine segment, so I don't have to describe them. So have a look at your picture. See if you think you could award yourself a point, okay? And then the reference number on the ticket. Anybody? Go on. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Very close, okay. Um, so that is the end, everybody, of our spy training. Anybody think they might want a change of career to become a spy? This team were really good, a team up there. Okay, children, if you want to come back and sit down in the middle, just gonna say one more thing, and next we're gonna show a video. Oh, well done. Okay, are we all ready? Great, okay. So, we've learned all about the spies. Now it's time to actually learn about Rahab, who's the person that we're actually learning about this morning. Um, Sarah and Theo are gonna show a little video in a minute, which is about three minutes long, which is going to tell us the story of Rahab. And while you're watching the story, look out for the spies. They pop up in a few little places in the story. Okay, ready? Yeah, let's go.
So Joshua sent two spies to search the land around the city of Jericho. The two spies came to Rahab's house to stay the night. Jericho heard that there were spies in his city, so he sent orders for Rahab to bring them out. But Rahab hid the spies and told the king's men that it was true that the men were at her house, but she did not know where they were now. She told the king's men to go quickly to find the spies because they could not have gone far. Go now! Oh, right. So the king's men rushed out to the city in pursuit of the Israelite spies. All the while, the Israelites hid on Rahab's roof. So Rahab went to them and said, I know the Lord has given you this land. We have heard of the great acts that God has done for you. Your God is the God of all the heavens and the earth. So please swear to me that you will be kind to my family. The spies agreed to this, and Rahab helped them escape from the city. Before they left, they told Rahab to tie a scarlet rope to the window. Yeah! Whoa! Oops! Uh-huh! This rope would serve as a mark for Rahab's house and would remind the Israelites of their promise to her. Thank you! Oh, thank you! And so the spies were on their way. For three days, they hid from the king's men who were looking for them. Finally, they returned to Joshua and told them all they had seen. Rahab was remembered for her faithfulness, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies and put her trust in the one true God. Great. Okay, so that's the story of Rahab and the spies. A great story, isn't it? Um, I'm going to say three really quick things. Sarah only had two points last week. I've got three. So let's hope there's not going to be an extra one every week for you to remember. Um, I'm going to say three quick things, everybody, about the story. And then children, we're going to let you go and do some craft while I say a quick thing to the adults. So the first thing. In the story, Rahab says in those verses from Joshua 2, she says, I know the Lord has given you the land because we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And children, I think that would be a story you know about God making a path through the Red Sea, yeah, with Moses. And Rahab had heard about that because she'd been told some stories about what God had done. And I wanted to encourage you this morning, children and adults, how powerful it is to tell our stories. If God has spoken to you at New Wine or at Wildfires, if you have heard from God in youth or in children's work or in any of those things on Sunday mornings, it's really great to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your friends, because sharing stories really encourages other people. So the first thing, children, young people, I want to encourage you this morning is if you have any stories of things that God has done, we would love to hear them. We want to be encouraged and do encourage your friends and tell them 
those stories too. The second thing we know about Rahab, it says in the story that she made some bad choices. She did some things that weren't great. And sometimes all of us on the next slide, we need a new start. So the slide says, time for a new start. And Rahab had done some things that weren't that great. But actually, she had a new start when she met with God. And there's a great verse in the New Testament that says this, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And some of us, we've had a summer holiday of a few weeks already. We might have done some things that weren't great. We might not always have done the right thing. And it's really great for us to know that if we've done some things wrong, that God gives us a new start when we ask him. And we can be a new person because of what he's done for us. And then last thing, children, to remember is this one. There's a verse that I really like in the story of Rahab. And it says, the spies say to Rahab, so she saved them, didn't she, on the roof of her house. And before they went, she said, um, will you save me and my family? And they say, we will. We will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. And wouldn't it be great to be known as children, young people, adults, who treated people kindly and faithfully? Okay, so that's your challenge this morning. Tell us some stories about what God has done. If you need a new start, God can give it to you. And let's be known as people who are kind and faithful to other people. So I think Laura looks like she's got some craft ready. Well done for listening so well. So if you want to go and do that, and then I'll say a few things to the adults in a second. Great, okay. They're all so quick and quiet this morning, aren't they? It's great. Okay, so on the final slide, I've just got those three things. And just reflecting um, for the rest of us, I was just thinking about the power of stories. And I love a story. I always have a story from school to tell about something that's happened. And as I was looking around the room, I'm remembering a lot of the stories that you have told from the front over the years. I remember the story that Shirley told last week about God, how God had helped her in a really difficult situation. I remember some of the stories that Grace has told from people that she's met in the park. And our stories are really powerful, aren't they? And I just think it's so important to encourage us to keep sharing our stories. And the other thing I wanted to say this morning is do tell your stories to your children as well. Do have those stories being part of your family history of what, what God has done. So we have a story in my family which goes back about 50 years, which is about just after my parents met before my dad went to university, they have a real story about God's provision and God's blessing at that time, a really long time ago. And I can tell you about it at some time. It's a great story. But that story is part of our family history and part of our family heritage, the story of God's blessing to our family. So do tell those stories to your children. There's something about a heritage of sharing those stories of faith that I think is really important. And the second thing, time for a new start. We all need that at times, don't we? And we're about to sing when we go back into worship a song that I love. It's quite old now. But one of the lines says, wide is your love and grace. And I think there's something where we all need that sometimes, to know that the love and the grace of God is wide. It's far-reaching. It reaches all of us, whatever we've done, wherever we've been, however we feel this morning.
And the last thing um, links really to that power of stories. As I was reading through those verses about the spies saying, we will treat you kindly and faithfully, I was remembering a story that Theo told in a talk years ago, and I can't remember some of the talk, but I remember that he really encouraged us to be people of our words. And he said, you know how easy it is. You say to someone at church, oh, you should come around for dinner sometime. Or you meet someone and you talk to them and you say, oh, we should go for a coffee. And that person thinks they're going to invite me for a coffee or they're going to invite me round. And life gets busy, doesn't it? It's not a criticism of any of us. Life gets busy and we don't do it. But I remember Theo saying that he was challenged to become a person of your word when you say something to do it and to be faithful to what you said. And as I was preparing, I was remembering um, a lady that I used to teach with was a bit of a mentor. She's retired now. And I said to her a while ago, oh, we should meet up in the summer holidays. And it's one of those things that, you know, you say, I would like to meet up with her. But it is one of those kind of, oh, we should meet up in the summer holidays. And as I was preparing and thinking about what it means to be someone who's kind and faithful and being a person of my word, it reminded me to make good on those things that I have said. And the reason for doing that is because that's what our God is like, isn't he? He's kind and he's faithful. And as we follow doing those things, that's when we know more of his love and his grace and his blessing. So as we come back to worship, maybe there's something in one of those three little points that you want to respond to. Ben. Ben.